Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits. But before we actually get to the show, I wanted to remind you guys that Talking in Bits is completely 100% audience funded. What that basically means is, is that you will never have to sit through no ads while you're listening to Talking in Bits. And the only way we can continue to do that and have been able to do that is with contributions and donations with great listeners such as yourself. So in order to keep that spirit alive, there's a few ways that you can actually donate to the show. My favorite way is podcasting 2.0 apps. There's a bunch of them out there, but my two favorite are Fountain App and Breeze. And with these apps, it's basically like any other podcasting app. You can subscribe to Talking in Bits. Um, you can load up some sats into the wallet and you can set how many sats per minute you think Talking in Bits is worth or how much value you're receiving from Talking in Bits. You can do this from both of those apps. Another really cool feature in, the, in these apps, these podcast 2.0 apps, is the boost feature. And what the boost feature is, is basically you get to pick a certain amount of sets that you want to send in and you can embed a message inside of that transaction into the show. And what I'm going to do is week to week, the best ones that come in, I'm going to read them and give shout outs here live on the show. So that's another way that you can help keep this ad free um, and keep this content rolling. Uh, if you're not using the podcast 2.0 apps, then you can head on over to talkingandbits.com backslash donate. And there you'll find various links to be able to send in Lightning, to be able to send on-chain, and even a Paynim. So go check out the, the website. That's another way to contribute. And if you're listening to us on the legacy outlets like YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, then you could do the good old-fashioned leave a review, share, subscribe. All that stuff helps and helps us float up higher so more people can get this value and more people can get everything that we want to provide to our listeners. So once again, we appreciate you. The only reason we've been able to keep this up is because of y'all, and we want to keep that going for as long as we can. All right, without further ado, on to this week's episode. I also made the case for winning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply. By its design, the total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. This is the power of Bitcoin. Since the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Back with episode 72. And I got my good friend, L.C. Hoddle, here in the house. L.C., I think this is probably like your second, your third time? Something like that, bro. Yeah, man. That, Something that like that. Becoming a regular. I love it, man. That means these conversations are popping, man. I think the listeners enjoy having you here. So thanks a lot for whatever. I think round three, round two. I don't really remember, but I know it's more than once. <laughs> cool, man. So we, we we were just talking about this, like literally as before we got on. No, free, uh, no schedule shit. We're just going to freestyle this rip. Uh, there is a few things that I've been dying to talk to you about, um, mainly the uh, uh, Back to the Roots group. And the reason I've been dying to talk to you about this is because is you announced this. I, you know, like, like, a, like a nosy ass motherfucker was like, hey, man, can I get an invite? And then I've just been staring from the outside, fam. I have no way <laughs> to contribute to this group <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, and I wanted to pick your brain on that, man. But um, why'd you start the group in the first place? Um selfish reasons 
Yeah. So I got invited to a. Uh, um, I'm not. Maybe somebody can clarify this for me, but I believe that on Twitter there's like these groups on Twitter, right? Like not like a group chat. It's like a like a separate timeline almost. And you can like go into these groups on Twitter, but I think it's an iPhone only thing because uh, oh, sure. I couldn't figure out how to join it from my Android. I got invited to this homesteading Bitcoin page. Um, I forget who invited me. And uh, I like kept clicking the fucking like join button and I could <laughs> not join. And I was like, fuck this. Like, uh, I like Telegram. I'm just going to do it on Telegram. And I like I hit up my boy. Uh, he's craft castings or worm poop is his is uh is at <laughs> and uh he's like you know he's a a big gardener uh he used to do a little uh you know merry gardening back in the day and he's like really in touch with like soil and you know how plants grow and um you know he's big on like fuck big agriculture and you know people should be growing their own food and uh you know, I just kind of hit him up and I'm like, hey, I want to start a group where people who like Bitcoin and people who like, you know, gardening and homesteading and self-sovereignty in any fashion can like talk about shit outside of Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. And uh, he was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, let's start it. And he came up with the name and I just started it and I made a post and it started out as like me and him and three other people. And I think there's. I don't know, 45 members now or 50 members or something. Yeah, man, that's great. Well, first of all, I mean, I'm sure they got the idea um, from what you were just saying there. But what's the group about? Just in case anybody missed it there. Wait, yeah, wait. yeah, so the group is uh, people who... I guess, like, if, if we're going to use Bitcoin language, right? So yeah. it's people who are, like, building citadels. Oh, right? okay. they're, they're figuring out how they can become as... Uh, independent from the system as possible, whether it be growing their own food or raising their own meat or figuring out electricity off grid or, you know, we have all extremes. We got guys that do vegetable gardens in their backyard in suburbia. And we got guys that own a hundred acres and are building, you know, big scale shit. So it's, and everybody in between. So it's kind of cool to like get, you know, get different tastes of stuff from different people. We got one of my buddies that's in there lives completely off grid in the Rocky mountains in Canada, like no electricity, he, nothing. And, uh, that's fucking wild. Yeah. So it's cool to like get different perspective. And, you know, I got questions about shit that I'm doing around my homestead. And there's a lot of knowledgeable people on there that have a lot more experience than I do. So it's good to, you know, it's good to get somewhere where, you're getting fed from people and you can give something back to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of to taking it away from, um, uh, from Twitter specifically, but Bitcoin Twitter, I think there's a lot of noise in Bitcoin Twitter and any signal that you guys, anybody in that group is probably putting out. It's either getting shadow banned or it's just, you know, being ignored with all the masses of bullshit that's out there. So yeah, that's what kind of like stuck out to me when you made the announcement. I was like, Oh shit, something that's not on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I think that was extremely useful. Now I, you know, still, still city boy, still doing all that stuff, still haven't even come close to even being able to think about, you know, starting a Citadel or anything, but, you know, in my next few years, uh, with the move that we got planned, uh, down South, 
uh, and some of the plans is I actually really want to get interested in, in, in starting to be more sovereign if we want to use that as an easy term. Um, you know, besides your group, for somebody like me, who's more of a city boy and kind of wants to change and, and pays to do more homesteading, how would you tell them to start? What would you tell them to do? Grow you, some. What do you mean, grow some? <laughs> like, no, it, as a, like, as a city uh, boy, I think grow something is like grow some trees. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it, it can be as simple as like grow a tomato plant or something, you know, like. Yeah. Get, get a feel for what it's like to care for a life, you know, mm, uh, okay. and that that is a big, big part of it. Like, you know, yeah. And it bleeds over into everything. Right. Like you could you start with a plant and you, you get an idea of like, hey, like, all right. And it sounds stupid and it sounds, you know, silly. But like, listen, I got to make sure that I remember to water this thing every day and like check on it or it ain't going to work out. And uh you know, me and my wife started, oh, I don't know, five years ago or something like that. And, uh, you know, my, my boy Shishi always says, like, it's great to go on Twitter and post these beautiful posts of, like, these successful things that you've done in that specific area, right? But it's important that you post, like, the fails, too, because people need to know that, like, it doesn't just happen. You know, like, uh, we started five years ago and. We, we were renting at that time and we were like, oh, we're going to get some chickens. We had a little yard and like we lost every chicken that we got. Like they all died. How the we, fuck didn't did that? we didn't even get to eggs. You know what I mean? How did they die? Just randomly? You weren't taking care oh, of them? Bro, or? it's so embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so hit me. disclaimer, like I was brought up with chickens. So like I know better. And uh, my wife, um, her sister lives in Florida. So she goes down and visits her sister every two or three months. And uh, I had him in a tote out on my porch and I was like taking care of him. Right. I was like, oh, I'll get some sunshine. And like I went to work and the middle of the day at work, there was just like a flash rainstorm. And I came home and there was like eight inches of water in the tote and a bunch of floating chickens. And that, oh, <laughs> that was the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I got discouraged. You know what I mean? It's, I took like, a year and a half off and I was like, ah, like, I just don't have it right now. We got two pigs while we were there and put them in a dog kennel and ne- nothing ever came of that. You know, we grew a couple of plants and those died. And it was just like this slow progression of like, you know, we, then we bought our house. So we bought our house and it's like, all right, well, I want to grow something. It's like, all right, well, we got to commit to it if we're going to do it. Right. Cause you can't half ass any of that shit. It's not like, it's really humbling because the world today is so set up to be like hands free. Right. Right. Like all this shit that you like set and forget and all these things that do shit for you. Like my fucking washing machine, you can schedule it to wash clothes. <laughs> it dispenses its own soap. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> the world is headed so hard in that direction. So it's really humbling to get into something like this where it's like that doesn't exist. You have to show up and take responsibility and put in the proof of work if you want the desired outcome. Yeah. So, you know, it's easy for Bitcoiners nowadays to be like, hey, I'm going to try that because I want to use I want to be sovereign. Right. Like that's the the popular catchphrase in Bitcoin. But you did this. You started doing this with your wife five years ago. Was that before Bitcoin was even in your sphere? And if it was before Bitcoin, what is it about being sovereign 
that is worth chasing? Um, so for the purpose of this discussion, I'm going to yeah. use the term self-sufficient. Love it. Okay. Um, so this was prior to Bitcoin for me. And it's always been something in me that like cries out to like get back to the wild. Like I, I don't do well in crowded areas. I don't do well in like controlled environments. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm one of them dudes that like you can't put me in a cage. Like I don't I don't do well in a controlled environment. I never did well in school. I don't do well being told what to do. So the older I've gotten, the more I've been like, there comes this moment where you're like, yo, I am 100% dependent on the car in the driveway, the grocery store being open and there being food on the shelves. Like, you know, I made a post about it a while ago. It's like, if the whole world hit the pause button tomorrow, could you eat? Mm. And like, if you couldn't, you might want to take a look at that. Especially now. And my belief and my desire to get that way has only been more and more compounded after I found Bitcoin, right? Because yeah. after I found Bitcoin, I started paying attention to the things that were happening in the world. Prior to that, I was like, fuck the world. I don't care what they're doing because I yeah. don't give a shit about them. You write all <laughs> the laws you want. I don't follow that shit. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so once I got into Bitcoin and I started paying attention to like the what's happening in the world and what the things that are going on around, um, it's only become more and more compounded. You start going to the, you know, the beginning of COVID, you went to the grocery store and it looked like, you know, it looked like they had never gotten a food ship and it was just fucking empty. Yeah. And it was just this moment of like, fuck that. They're like, I am not, I'm no way. Food is a very powerful thing. And, you know, I, me and you have talked before and pe people who have heard me talk, you know, I've been through times in my life where like I was homeless and I was hungry, right? Yeah. To, to boil it down. And I, I'll say this, once you're hungry, once you're hungry and you don't have change in your pocket to put food in your stomach, you never forget that feeling. And you will do anything to not feel that again. So now that I'm, you know, I've come out of that area of my, like that era in my life. And then all this stuff starts to happen in the world where I go to the store and I look at the shelves and there's no food. Or we go to the store and we want to buy chicken breast because we want to get dinner and it's $10 a pound for chicken breast. Right. Now you got kids. <laughs> you ain't buying a pound of chicken breast to feed the family. Like that, yeah, that ain't happening. That's not going to work. So, yeah. you know, you, you start seeing those things and recognizing those things happening. It's like, you know, and I, I'm blessed in the fact that I have, you know, I have five acres, so I have the area to do it. So I, I'm very much a believer of if God presents you with an opportunity and you're put in a position to be able to do something, you should absolutely do it. So I'm put in a position where I have the ability to make myself self-sufficient. Right. Am I going to have the Internet or Twitter if the world pauses tomorrow? No. And I, you know, I can hear people going, oh, I can hear it in my <laughs> head. But 
you know, my goal is, and I believe that every Bitcoiner's goal should be, you know, with the things that we believe in when it comes to uh, financial freedom and stuff like that, your goal in life should be to make your life in a way that if the outside world stopped functioning, your quality of life shouldn't change all that much. Like your life's going to change, right? I can't, yeah. I can't go to the gas station and buy a fucking, uh, oh, I'm addicted to these. What the fuck are those, those things called? I was talking to somebody about them today. A black rifle coffee company makes these energy drinks that are like 200 milligrams of caffeine. Oh, it's like shit. meth in a can. <laughs> Sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I might not go to the store for those, right? But. I'm going to be able to like wake up in the morning and eat three meals a day and not be like, shit, am I going to be able to eat today? You know, am I going to be able to like wash my ass in the next week? Like these are, these are the kind of way that I, I think, and a lot of people will say, Oh, you know, doom and gloom and that's never going to happen. And you know, really, I really hope it doesn't. Yeah. But if it does, you know, need it and not have it, have it and not need it type of situation. And on top of that, I mean, if you pay attention to the food industry, like everything you buy in the store is shit these days. There's no nutritional value to anything. Right. You know, so if I'm growing my own vegetables, if I'm raising my own meat, I know it's a better quality food that I'm feeding me and my family and it costs me nothing but my time. I know time's the most scarce asset. People get all these great sayings. Fucking love it. Yeah, <laughs> but they don't do shit. They just talk. Right, about right, right. It. Time's yeah. the most scarce asset. Just shop at the grocery store so you can sit on your couch longer and be on Twitter. Come on. Yeah, yeah, and, and eat all that toxic. Yeah, I mean, I've I've gone down the. Um, I mean, I think, and you, I think you've spoken to him on your show before, but uh, uh, I I've gotten I've gone down the whole Texas Slim rabbit hole, uh, and yeah, I ain't gonna lie, I'm, I'm I'm in the seed oil rebellion rabbit hole too, uh, but. All that being said, even if it sounds cultish on the outside, like I've never felt better. I've never thought clearer. Uh, I've never, you know, like a lot of people are like still feeling things that I used to feel when I used to eat a lot of like bullshit, toxic food. And now I'm like, oh, like I was feeling like that way, too. And I never understood why. Uh, and yeah. now now I can see it. just by removing those those few things, just by removing seed oils and just by eating pretty much meat. That's pretty much all I eat. Um, I see a big difference, but man, I mean, convenience is a bitch, man. I mean, most people are just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, literally, I got family members that are like, yeah, yeah, whatever, motherfucker. Like, now I'm going to go back to my, you know, $9 uh, McDonald's meal here and, <laughs> and basically kill my fucking self. So that convenience yeah, is a fucking bitch. It's, it is, and it gets me some days, but, you know, you just, you do the best you can in the situation and you know, where, when it's in your control, what you're consuming, you just try to make sure you're consuming good food. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I actually had slim on the podcast last week or before I still haven't posted the fucking episode. Horrible <laughs> shit like that. Hey um, slim, I've been reaching out to slim. He's been ignoring me. So I, I'm not hodl, but you can come on the show and we could talk too. but go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's my people. I'll get him on your show. Don't worry. That's my uh, hit him up. Um, man. <laughs> But we were just talking about it. it's like, you know, a simple rule of thumb if you want to try to eat better is like read the label. And if you can't pronounce something that's in it, don't eat it. Mm. Like if that you read true. through the list and you're like, what the fuck is that? Don't eat it. Yeah, you probably don't want to eat it. 
Right. You know what I mean? How many times you walk down the road and look on the side of the road at something on the sidewalk and say, I don't know what that is. I think I'm going to pick it up and eat it. <laughs> You're right. Never. It's the same shit. Like if you read a label and you don't know what that shit is, don't fucking eat it. And just doing that alone can do wonders for you. You know, I was talking to somebody about it yesterday. I wanted to eat with some friends. Me and my wife went out with a couple that were friends with. And uh, it, we were talking about it because they're like really... They've been on like the, the being healthy people thing a lot longer than I even thought about it. Sure. sure. And uh, I was just like, you know, once you start being aware of like the things that you're eating and what they do to your body, like you, I feel bad. I was telling her this, I drive the same route to work every day for the last six years. Right. And there's this one lady that walks up and down the road. She walks probably four miles a day, every fucking morning. You could set your watch by it. And she's got to be 250 pounds. Mm. And, I, you know, I drive by her and I think in my head, like, I wish somebody would just tell you that you just need to eat better. Like, yeah. people use that as a cop out. Like, oh, I went to the gym today. So, you know, I'm going to have a cheat and I'm going to eat this. Like, yeah, you're only cheating yourself. You're not cheating anybody else. Like, nobody's keeping track of you. Like, your gains or your health. You know what I mean? Like that's all. Yeah. You. Yeah. The, so the, if you, you know, you just need to like, and even in my early twenties, right. I, I was doing all kinds of terrible shit, but yeah, in my yeah. really early twenties, I was going to the gym while I was partying and like doing steroids. And like, I was all about it. Yeah. And the dudes that I used to look up to that were competing and had these ridiculous physiques would tell me that it's 90% diet and 10% exercise. Like you need to watch every single thing you eat. The physique that you want comes from eating the right diet. And I used to think they were full of shit, you know, and then I turned 30 and I blew up like a wood tick and you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, same here, fam. Yeah, it it all changed at 30. (laughs) Yeah, and then, you know, I I started taking care of myself uh, like beginning of last year as far as like food. Yeah. And like, I'm not somebody who's going to front about it. Like, I do not go to the gym ever. Uh, no, it just doesn't happen. Right. Uh, I do have a physical labor job. Yeah, um, I was going to say that. Yeah, you're still out there, though. Yeah. And I do stuff around the homestead. You know, I work seven days a week. If I'm not working at work, I'm working on the homestead. But, you know, I, I lost 40 pounds by eating right. Amazing. By just not eating bread, not eating like. You don't realize how like sugar is in fucking everything. Like cutting sugar and cutting bread is huge. If you could cut those two things, like you can be a far healthier person. Your body has no use for processed sugar. Your body has no use for all that extra carbohydrates that you're getting from bread. Unless you're like an Olympic runner or something and you got a carb load. But yeah. trust me, bro, nobody listening to these shows need to carb load. <laughs> Nah, I highly doubt it. And if you listen, <laughs> sitting here listening to the show, get out there and start running. <laughs> uh, yeah, nah, man, don't take away my sourdough, bro. That, that's the thing I'm on. I got rid of all other breads, but I'm still on the little sourdough binge. It just seems to be the cleanest bread. Uh, but yeah, maybe I should cut it completely. Who knows? I do the tortilla thing, bro. That's my weakness. <laughs> okay, I, cool. like, sometimes little, I can't even do the tortilla thing. So you got a little soft spot there too. Yeah. Now, yeah. are you are you OCD on the on the seed oil thing? Meaning that like, are you like one of those like it's killing you inside? Or are you more like, eh, it's just another bullshit that I don't take? Or do you even um, care? Do you just eat it anyways? Because you know there's I no mean, seed oil maxis out there. <laughs> they out there. For I, I like, 
So here's my thing. A lot of people call, oh, it's bullshit that people say all this stuff about seed oils. Yeah. Um, I'm not a scientist. I make holes in the ground for a living. That's, that's what I do. Uh, but I will tell you that one of the machines that I run is a 1947. And I have the original manual that came from the manufacturer. And in that manual, they highly recommend using rapeseed oil on all the tool joints to keep the tools from seizing together which is vegetable oil. Yeah. So when, you know, a lot of people, the people that I've paid attention to that know their shit will say it was made as an industrial lubricant and people will be like, that's bullshit. It was never made as industrial lubricant. I can tell you that I have a manual from the forties that says (laughs) use it as an industrial lubricant. That's some crazy shit, bro. That's Uh, some crazy fucking shit. It's just, I, I will, I don't even know how I approach it, really. I try to eat what my ancestors ate. Yeah, yeah. That, that works know, think, for me, man. I think about, like, my great-grandparents that came here from the Azores and, like, what they ate. And the funny part is, like, we're going to dive down a little bit of a rabbit hole right now. Uh, so Let's the go. funny thing is, is that they didn't think about it like that. They didn't think about it like, oh, this is better for me. Uh, everything they did was out of survival. Right. Right. So like my, my great grandfather and his brother came here from the Azores when they were 13 alone. Their parents put them on a ship and said, you're going to have a better life in America. There's nothing for you here. School me on the Azores real quick. What's the Azores? So the Azores is a small cluster of islands off the coast of Portugal. Roger that. Gotcha. Right. Um, so they came here when they were 13 and like they were, they had to build a life for themselves. You know, he, he came here with nothing at a young age and he died and he had 270 acres and a dairy farm that he, you know, he killed himself to have it. Yeah. But, you know, I have a lot of old pictures from back then and I look at those pictures and it's like, you know, they had this massive root cellar. They would grow everything during the summer and everything got preserved for the winter. You know, we're talking about the 30s. <laughs> they came, well, the, they came over here in 1909. Yeah. So probably the 20s, the 30s, like you weren't driving to Walmart to like stock up on groceries. <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, the, the self-sufficiency that I seek or that I talk about is really just getting back to a place of what my ancestors de- did out of necessity, right? Like you grow your food, you preserve your food so that you can eat in the winter. You know, you raise meat so that you have meat to eat. I have pictures of my grandparents with a half a pig on the kitchen table, like cutting it up. Cause that's what you did. Right. You know, I, I, making, and I guess really it is like the way that they went about things, right? There was no waste, right? They're like they weren't raising a pig because they wanted just bacon. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. used the blood, they used the, they washed out the intestines and made sausage. They, you know, all because you wanted to get the maximum out of the time that you had put into whatever it was that you were processing. So it's really the same, the same shit for me. Like it's, I see all this value that I can create here, right? I can create all this value for my family. I can save myself a bunch of money and stack more sats. And I can teach my kids these valuable lessons of like how to take care of themselves. 
Like, here's how to change your oil. Here's how to like make sure your tires are good. Here's how to grow a tomato plant. Here's how you butcher a chicken. Yeah. Like, I hope, I hope you turn 16 and hit a scratch ticket and never have to work a day in your life and you're rich beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah. But <laughs> if that shit doesn't happen yeah. and you need some of these skills, at least you'll have them. That's yeah, that's I, I envy that man. Definitely want to do something like that. And I don't know why I keep fronting on myself. I keep thinking about that city life stuff. But you're right. Maybe just a tomato plant, maybe something simple. Um, but yeah, that that's the type of stuff that I that I'm chasing as well. And even when I talk to my dad in that same example of, you know, the people that came before us and he tells me a story about, you know, his dad and, and all that. It, it, you're right. It was very self sufficient way of living. Um Pure foods, right? A lot of animal fats, which which was a, a constant thing. We're Puerto Rican, so yeah. you know, pigs on the table is it's it's like every day for us. Uh, but yeah, just you know, I, I grew up here, and thankfully, you know, my dad busted his ass so much that for me, it was just more of a McDonald's upbringing, right? It was like, hey, I'll give you the basic shit, and I don't want to do that same exact thing to my kids. And I'm not saying my dad was terrible for that. Uh, to him, it was probably more like. Hey, I'm grateful that I can offer you this convenience. Um, but now to me is more like I'm behind in that sense. And now being able to, like you said, butcher a chicken. Like, fam, I don't know how to butcher a chicken. I'm gonna tell you that right <laughs> now. No idea. And I saw the the pictures you put up of like the before and afters when you already had that bitch all bagged up and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah. I I need to get on that. I need to chase that. And it's just just conversations like this make me more bullish on like I can get there if I just Try small, like you said, and learn to fail a little bit and get closer to that. That's what I want to get to. Yeah. And it's such a good, like, just on the example of like a tomato plant, right? Like it's, it's such a good feeling when that you see that red tomato on this plant that you've worked so hard to keep alive. You cut that motherfucker up and you're like, yo, this is going to be the best tomato I've ever had on a sandwich (laughs) ever in my life. And it just tastes better. Like, and that's the other thing too. A lot of people don't realize that like, you don't realize how shit the food is at a supermarket until you eat fresh food. That's a, that's a fact. Yeah. Like even steak and shit. Like you said, you eat a lot of meat. Like you can tell the difference between a steak from stop and shop or whatever your local supermarket is and a steak from the butcher, like you, a good steak. You can tell with them Northeast boys, it's a stop and shop. Yeah. <laughs> people sure around the country market, yeah, people I mean? are listening like what the fuck is a stopping shop I've tried uh, pure, uh, you know pure grass fed beef and uh, yeah and got in the regular market basket bullshit and uh, there's a huge difference just the, not only in the way it looks but the way it tastes as well yeah, so, yeah and yeah. it's so much more nutrient dense so much better for you you know it's the more Again, we'll take it back to like once you get involved in Bitcoin and you start paying attention to the financial things that are happening around you, that yeah. starts to bleed over into other areas of your life. I agree. Hey, you know, you gain this healthy distrust for like the Federal Reserve, right? And what they're doing to our to our currency. And then you turn around and you look at things like food and yep. you're like, yep, yep. yo, there is zero chance that Lucky Charms was like, yo, fam, we found out that this green food dye is actually super <laughs> good for you, right? So we're going to put out these, these little circles that are neon green. It's got some, some, something that's good for you in it. 
Like they're not Prefer. thinking like that. They're thinking top. They want to make as much money as they can without having to put as little money in as possible. Yeah, that um, fiat spigot. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're close to that spigot. Uh, I I go across the board with that, right? So it's like the shitty food leads into the shitty healthcare, right? The shitty education in schools. Like, I mean, I was talking to Gigi. I think, uh, well, not I think last week was when the episode aired, and basically like the terminology of uh, avoid being rug pulled in all facets of your life. Yeah, and, and I think that's a strong sentence to 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 kind of live off, right? Because you know, we've been talking about food, uh, but really the idea is, and self-sufficiency is, don't get rug pulled. If you don't eat like shit, then you don't need to end up at the doctor's office where they're going to give you more shit, right? Right. If you homeschool your kids in another different arena, well, then you don't got to deal with the fucking craziness that's fucking happening in these schools with these crazy-ass teachers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you don't give up your fucking guns, well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to rely on Mr. Policeman who doesn't give two shits about you coming around to protect you. So. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Bitcoin definitely uh, unleashes that inside of all of us, which is something that, back to the conversation with Gigi, I was saying, like, a lot of people talk about Bitcoin's monetary properties and, and you know, oh, number go up and, and, and this and hard money and gold and all that bullshit. And I'm just like, man, Bitcoin just makes me a better person. Like, I, I could give two <laughs> shits about number go up, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, but how do you feel about that, man? Yeah, it sounds like you agree. Yeah, I mean, I'm of the I'm of the belief that Bitcoin is inevitable. So I don't. I'm all. Uh, let me also put out the disclaimer that like I'm relatively young, right? Yeah. Like I'm like in in my mid thirties. Uh, so I, number go up really does nothing for me like short term, right? You know what I mean, like. Bitcoin is my retirement. So like, I know it's inevitable. By the time I'm ready to retire, it's going to be way ahead of where it's at now. Yeah. So, you know, 60,000, 30,000, 17,000, I'm just stacking along the way and continuing to do what I do because Bitcoin's fucking inevitable. And, you know, for the time being, I put, you know, the, I don't, know how to like not offend people uh the people who are like you just, should <laughs> <laughs> like to get on zero shit at like all-time high like yeah bro you're you're the here's the funny part right the funny part is all the same people that make these catchy posts that say things like you're so early you don't even realize how early you are, right? They some variation of that, right? They change right. three words, think it is an original post, put it up, it gets a thousand <laughs> likes. Are the same people that are telling you mortgage your house, uh, buy Bitcoin, yeah. sell your chairs, sell everything in your life, mortgage everything to the tits, destroy your credit score, buy as much Bitcoin as you can, hurry, hurry, hurry. Right. All right, well, you can't fucking have it both ways. I'm either early as shit or I'm late as fuck and I need the much as I can like yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're you, right. you can't have they that's that is my problem with the people that go on just like these clout chasing fucking monitor my language. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree, man. I, I my I think the rip that airs tomorrow, or whatever, I was talking about like I'm tired of people telling me, especially since the price drop, that 
Bitcoin is being affected. I was like, no, honestly, Bitcoin is perfectly fine. Leveraged Bitcoiners are getting wrecked. Yes. Yeah, but Bitcoin is TikTok, next block, hanging out, still doing this thing, still 21 million, still rolling. But yeah, those motherfuckers that a few years ago, or like you said, even more recently, get on zero, all that, those fucking guys are getting destroyed. And it's because of that. It's because those motherfuckers were out here trying to put fucking refinances their fucking house and doing a bunch of crazy shit just to buy Bitcoin for FOMO, right? Because other people were saying, like you, both sides, people were saying they were early as fuck, but for some reason, if you got to re, you know, like remortgage your house, then you must be late, apparently, if you're fucking rushing to do all this crazy shit. Yes. It's crazy. Uh, I'm with it's you, It's the both, you know, talking out both sides of your mouth because the yeah. reality is both posts get a lot of likes. True. All you have to do is look at the like count. That'll yeah. tell you everything you need to know about what they're posting. And why they're posting. Yeah. Every, I'd say one, maybe one out of every 10 posts that get a thousand likes is an original thought. Right. All the other shit is just regurgitated bullshit. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I, I could easily go on Twitter and, and gain 8,000 followers and end up with a thousand likes on every post if I just post bullish, retarded Michael Saylor regurgitation. Ah, there you go. And people be like, oh, shit, that's so good. He's so smart. Look at that. Like that shit. I'm going to retweet that. I don't fuck about that. That hopium shit. That's so fucking dumb to me. And the same people who post that shit. I'm not now. I'm not talking about the people who have the original ideas, right? There's some people out there like Adam Back has some amazing original ideas. And the dude deserves the attention that he gets. But the people that are here milking the scene, right? The, The Dennis Porters, the Mike Alfreds, the fucking... All these fucking losers that show up in Bitcoin and just chase these. Come on, dude. Come on. And you talk out of both sides of your mouth. Like you just said, it's, oh, you know, you're so early. It's not even funny. It's going to $20 trillion a coin. <laughs> to, uh, you better re- remortgage your house. And, you know, oh, you short Bitcoin because of this. Uh, bro, I can't be late and early at the same time. Like, yeah. I, I just can't. And my view is I'm fucking early. I'm early. Super early. I believe in Bitcoin. We're early. Yeah, like, you yeah. got time. You got plenty of time to stretch out your stacking between now and at least the next halving. And then guess what? A year after the next halving or a year and a half after the next halving, you're going to feel like you're early all over again. Because price is going to go way up, then price is going to come down, and then it's going to flatline for a couple of years waiting for the halving, right? Like, just, just take some... Ex- Take some fucking knowledge from the people who have been here for a couple of cycles. Like, this is just what happened. Like, don't get emotional about it. Like, get emotional about your, your, your self-sovereignty, your, your self-sufficiency, right? Like, push the emotion into that and try to do that the best you can. But, like, don't get emotional about Bitcoin or Bitcoin price. Like, Bitcoin is yeah. going to do what Bitcoin wants to do. You're here for the ride. Like you, you work for Bitcoin essentially. Like yeah. once you once you're holding some coin, like you work for Bitcoin. Bitcoin don't work for you. Bitcoin does whatever it wants, and you just kind of like thank it along yeah, the way. Exactly, and thank it for the not only the monetary properties, like you said, retirement later in your life, but just for being able to question the world, man. If it wasn't for Bitcoin, a lot of us, well, I put myself in that in that same. A lot of us um, wouldn't be questioning as many of the things as we're questioning. We'll kind of be on autopilot hitting that nine to five doing the same exact shit, trying to stack that 401k and all this other fucking nonsense. But like, yeah, just be thankful that 
you you got exposure to Bitcoin and now life is changing, whether slowly or whether rapidly, but it's just making you a better person overall. Um, and, and that's what I'm with. Uh, yeah, very early on, I, I, you know, thankfully, I'm not one of the guys that got burned by any of these charlatans or whatever. Uh, but very early on, I was curious to see like, oh, this guy is like, we're going to about to talk about one in a little bit. This Pompeiano guy may, you know, he got a lot of money. He may be doing good things. But what really what was happening is, is that was the, the Fiat Jose speaking, the nine to five Jose speaking, where it was like, you know, get that bag, bro. Like that type of Jose thing. And then once I started getting real deeper, I'm like, fuck that bag, bro. <laughs> that bag is a bunch of nonsense. That bag is just Fiat. It's just charlatan bullshit. And uh, unfortunately, like you said, emotional people are attracted to the charlatans and they just continue to get wiped. They continue to get racked over and over. And then the dudes that have been around for the few cycles, like you said, you know, people just, since they're not really making a lot of noise, people are just more like, ah, oh, he's just outdated. He, he doesn't really know what's going on. But those are the people that know what's going on. Yeah. The, dude, the funny part is the dudes that probably like post the most shit on yeah. Twitter are the dudes that like really know what the fuck is going on and that's why they're posting shit on Twitter. <laughs> like, well, yeah. why they're shit posting on Twitter. Like, you know, fucking uh, Ann Hans, uh, who's a buddy of mine, he's been around a while, like, and he's a huge shit poster. Like, he works for, um, fuck does he work for? Uh, BTC, BTC, A, something. Yeah, BTC Pay Server? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So dope, he works dope. for them. Yeah, lo- love what they're doing. And, like, he's just a huge shit poster. Like, that's all he does. But if you can get him outside of shit posting and yeah. talk to him about Bitcoin, he's super knowledgeable about Bitcoin mm. and like people's past and what they have done in the space. Right. Cause like you come around and like, you just assume that everybody has good intentions. It's like, it's important to talk to these people who have been around a while and be like, Hey, what's up with this dude? And they'll tell you like, I don't know, fuck him. Like he's done this. <laughs> he's done that. Like, you know, shady shit that people have been into before. Like, it's, uh, you know, anybody who comes around and starts yelling about how terrible everybody is. Oh, they're so toxic. They're just assholes. Like, they're just, nah, 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 nah. Like, there's a reason. And when it comes to Bitcoin, like, there's a reason that people are being toxic towards you. Like, you fucked up somewhere, and this is our way of calling you. Yeah, and people hate being called out, bro. They be crying. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that Maxi stuff. I try to keep, you know, early on. When I came in, you know, it, it was a lot of uh, the pop. There was a lot of uh, the parabolic guy. I always forget his fucking name. Um, there was a lot of that stuff. And like, man, and like I, I was intrigued at first and then immediately shut off. I was like, hold on. These dudes are just like parading here. These guys are cheerleaders. It's pretty much what they are. Uh, and thankfully, thankfully, I don't know if it's just because I have a marketing background and I understood what they were doing. I don't know if it was just because somebody along the way saved me, like one of the OGs and I didn't notice. But like, thankfully, I, I, I didn't fall for those guys, um, but I can see where the majority will. I want to, the post that you brought up the other day, fam, that you were saying, you know, thanks for attacking me on that, by the way. I do appreciate the, the love. But you were talking about the, the circle jerking and the, moon, and the moon boys and all that stuff. Can you, can you remember exactly what you wrote in that post? I don't have it pulled up here, but. Yeah, I mean. Uh, well, at least what you meant behind Something like, it. yeah, my, my favorite people getting wrecked right now are the people that have, like, circle jerk podcasts that they're like that's my favorite part my favorite people to watch get wrecked currently like 
you have nothing to talk about because all of your guests were circle jerkers that were talking about <laughs> stock to flow and you know it's a super cycle and it's go it's going to a hundred thousand before the end of the year and like the longer I, I'm in Bitcoin, the more I realize that like and especially like having the podcast right and like we talked about this like before we came on here that like it's so much in my opinion right and i think that's why like i've had uh like the small amount of success that i've had with the podcast is because <laughs> it's okay to have somebody on and have a conversation with them about anything it, like it doesn't have to be this scripted thing where you talk to them you know you, I, I don't like the interview idea yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I struggle with the interview idea. It's much better in my eyes and much more enjoyable from a listening standpoint to listen to two people have a conversation uh, and be intellectual together uh, as opposed to like one person drilling another person. Yeah. Yeah. About a topic. I learned that. I was, yeah, like you said, I was talking about it before we jumped on. You know, it was much easier to conduct this podcast when it was me and Ben. Um, for that same reason, because we were both kind of just like ripping, you know, with each other, talking back and forth. When our guests came on, which you were on a few times when we were both here, it was just much easier, much natural. And then when, uh, when you know, when me and Ben split in that situation, like for some reason, I kind of was like, oh, shit. Well, now I'm going to need to like script this stuff or now I'm going to need to like respect people's times and make sure that I'm ready with some good questions and stuff. And you know, shout out to all the guests that have come on talking in bits and I appreciate them all. But a lot of them, man, all I got was robots. All I got were these people that were just giving me like some interview to the core. Like they literally seemed like they were interviewing for a fucking McDonald's job or something. And they were just like giving me these like boilerplate, just basic answers. And boy, was I bored even doing it. Right? I was bored doing it. I was bored recording. I mean, editing it. I was just bored along. I didn't even want to like really share it. And this is no disrespect to them. This was more my fault than it was theirs. Um, And then as of late, maybe as about a month or two, month and a half or so, it's just like, nah, I got nothing here. There's no notes sitting here next to me. There's nothing. We're just going to fucking talk shit. And hopefully I don't waste your time and vice versa. Hopefully you don't waste my fucking time. Uh, And and, and it's but the quality's just been much better. Uh, And the the listeners are responding to that as well. I try to think about it like uh, a lot of the people that would take the time to follow me on Twitter. Yep. Uh, probably are interested in a lot of the same things that I'm interested in. Facts. Right? Yep. So if I, this is also why I don't stress about having like an episode every week. Like I, I don't really stress about that because like I have a conversation when I find somebody that I want to have a conversation with. Yeah. Like if I feel like I'm going to have an interesting conversation with somebody, then I'll hit them up and like have them on the podcast to have a conversation. I've had plenty of people reach out to me in DMs and be like, "Hey, you should have this person on." And I'm like, "Eh, like, <laughs> eh, no thanks." Yeah, <laughs> like, that's cool and all, but like, like I appreciate the message and I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you listening. But like, I don't really find that person inter- interesting, and I'm like, I don't think we can have a conversation that's gonna flow and be natural. Like, my the way I try to approach it now is like. I feel like if I enjoy having the conversation, then the people who follow the podcast will enjoy listening to the conversation. 1,000. Yep. 
But if I'm not enjoying it, it's like you said, it's very apparent. Like it's, yeah, it's just very like choppy and very hard to get through like pauses and trying to like think about what I'm going to talk about. That's why I like every time you've hit me up, I'm like, hell yeah. Like I'm happy to come on. Like you were supposed to be the first, uh, the first guest I had on my podcast when I started my podcast, you were like the reason that I started a podcast. Hey, appreciate that. Hell yeah, <laughs> For man. real, yeah. like shout out to you. Like you were the one that was like, just fucking do it, bro. Like it's not that hard. You helped me out with anchor and shit, like getting set up. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and, and we've always had great conversations. That's why. Yeah. To me, it's like easy to reach out to you and have you back on the show because all these episodes are fucking fantastic. They're just great. And I don't have to try. Right. Like this isn't like a, like you just said, this ain't like a, brain aneurysm just to try to get you some questions i'm genuinely just 1000 percent interested in everything you got going on uh yeah that's the yeah and how you conduct yourself too because you know there's no ego that comes from you even though uh the stuff that you're doing is fascinating there's no um you know charlatan bullshit cloud chasing shit you're just real down to earth all the way from your post down to these conversations down to starting a group to try to empower other people like, I just think everything you're doing is great, and that's why this is easy, in my opinion. But um, we're about to get uh, we're about to start shitting on some people, though. <laughs> you, you game, <laughs> all right, bro. So I've been Put doing me the in, uh, coach. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I, I once I got this question, and I got this question this morning. Um, first of all, shout out to any single of you Bitcoiners out there, or just any of you plebs, whatever word you want to use. Shout out to y'all for taking your time to listen to me, first and foremost, listen to the show, but now just up it to the next level and be able to provide some sets and send some sets over, knowing that, you know, we're not going to give you no ledger ads and no fucking shitcoin ads. You're just going to get pure Bitcoin stuff. So shout out to you. I like to stream to other podcasters, but I don't necessarily think that every everybody else likes to do that. But I've thankfully been able to get some people to do that. So um, this morning... I got a bunch of them, to be honest, but this is a shout out to Patar, donated 50,000 sets. Appreciate the love on that one. But this is just more of a request. Patar, hopefully you're listening. I'm sure you are. The request is, Haru, he wants to hear my thoughts and now yours because I'm pulling you into this shit. On, uh, uh, on, I'm not even going to say his full name, but on Pomp, his platforming of Duquan and other shit coins, DeFi scammers, and whether his rumored investment in Fountain and the sudden appearance of 10% APY DeFi scams on Fountain is a negative development for podcasting 2.0. Thank you. So that's two questions there. Thoughts on Pomp, Duquan, and all the other shitcoin DeFi scammers. And then we can get into the Fountain and, and if we think that affects podcasting 2.0. You first, good sir. <laughs> uh, hmm. Um trying to think of like how i want to go at this right like I, hard is I, I want you to go <laughs> do I, exactly though but that's my thing like do i want to like just shit all over them or do i want to like have a concise thought as to why i really believe what you know what it's easy for me to just like cuss and say about him right um yeah. that's a good point it's easy for me to say like he's a fucking scammer he's a piece of shit like he doesn't give a fuck about you it's easy to say those things um, but everybody says those things, right? Right. Uh, I will say that I'm definitely a person of, uh, respect where respect is due. Um, I don't even know if respect is the right word. It almost put a bad taste in my mouth, but, uh, 
Hump and Jason Williams. Uh, that's his name. I forgot his fucking name. Have, they, there are, this is the part that makes them such effective scams, right? Sometimes it takes my, my brain a minute to be like, eh, 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 all right, this is what you want to say. Uh, <laughs> so they're such effective scammers because they have done concrete things uh, that have positively impacted the Bitcoin uh, network, the Bitcoin community. Um, so it makes it easier. It, you know, it's old fashioned sleight of hand. So it's easy to be like, I've done all these good things. So believe this. Right. Um, I will say that uh, Jason Williams wrote a fantastic book as much as uh, he is annoying as fuck sometimes. Uh, I think he's a genuinely funny dude. I think he's a scammer, uh, but I think he's a genuinely funny dude, and he'd probably be fucking hilarious to like hang out with for a night. Don't know if I would hang out with him, but I think he'd be a fucking hilarious dude. I don't feel the same way about Pomp. Jason <laughs> Jason wrote a great book. I read his book. Uh, if if his book is true, uh, touche. The dude you know worked his ass off. He made a lot of money. Uh, he mined an ass ton of Bitcoin. Uh, I think he only mines Ethereum now, uh, which is kind of <laughs> fucking gay. But uh, from a business standpoint, it makes sense. Uh, that's the thing, right? If you look at somebody who made their fortune being good in business, it would be foolish to assume that they come into Bitcoin or come into the ecosystem of Bitcoin and other shit coins with any other intention besides making the maximum amount of money and treating it like a business. So if, if you look at it like that, it makes sense why they do the things that they do because they have a business mind. You know, he mines only Ethereum. He mines only Ethereum because if you have the money to buy Ethereum miners, when Ethereum was up, right? Obviously everything's in the shitter right now. If you had the money to buy Ethereum miners, Ethereum miners were the most profitable miners on the market for a very long time. And like by tenfold, the most profitable miners on the market. 250 bucks a day per miner at like 11 cents a kilowatt hour. On top of that, the dude owns a power plant. So he ain't paying for power. So he was, you know, he was murking the game on mining. Uh, that being said, he uses that legitimacy and Pomp as well, right? Pomp got into Bitcoin and Pomp bought a bunch of miners with Jason Williams and, you know, they mined a bunch of Bitcoin when it wasn't really a big thing to be mining Bitcoin. And, you know, he bought this power plant that burnt recycled tires and created from it. And he took all that, funneled it into miners and he mined an asshole of Bitcoin. And it was like really cool to read about and like see the shit that they did. Like, that's cool. But they take that, the legitimacy that that lends to them and they lean on that reputation to drag you into other things. Um, I have far more respect for Jason than I do for Pomp. Uh, Pomp is a snake oil salesman and a liar when it comes to being called out on being a snake oil salesman. Uh, Jason is much more of a, I'm a snake oil salesman. Ha ha type dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, honesty, I've talked about, I think we talked about it the last time I was on here with you. Yeah. I have a lot more respect for somebody who's an honest person 
Like, you know, he was very open about like, I'm selling fucking ETH to buy Bitcoin. Like you would make posts about it all the time. Like, oh, I bought this shitty NFT and I sold it and I made an ass load of money and I bought Bitcoin with it. Uh, like, do I think what he does is right? No. Yeah. Uh, but at least he has the decency to like be open about it. Whereas Pomp, you know, an announcement of an announcement, a uh, Bitcoin pizza day, it, it, you know, it was different. Two years ago, it was different watching Pomp than it is watching him in the last year. He just went full, you know, when the bull market was in full swing, he just went full scammer, taking money who from whoever was willing to give it. Uh, you know, even if he wasn't taking money, you're giving a platform to people that you should not be giving a platform to. Right. Um, and I know that, you know, people will say like, oh, everybody, personal responsibility. And yeah, personal responsibility is great. But like, if you, if you're looking to find somebody and you're new that seems to have a lot of followers and you think they got a grasp on Bitcoin or their profile says Bitcoin, and then you're watching their podcast and they have BitBoy on who's talking about fucking XRP or whatever the fuck he's talking about. It's like, even if your, your excuse is, oh, I'm debating him. Like, oh, look, I'm like tearing down his beliefs. No, bro, you're giving him a 10,000 person audience or however many people watch your pot. Like you're giving this dude the time, somebody who's new and doesn't have that conviction yet might be like, Oh, well, what's going on with that? And then people in turn lose money. Like everything that dude touches is a fucking scam. It's yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. That was a little bit nice. And I thought you were going to go. So I'm going to go on the strength of sounding like a hater here. I'm gonna Hell go. Yeah. I'm gonna go a little bit harder here. Good um, cop, bad cop. You're bad cop. Fire yeah. Off. <laughs> yeah. I. You know. I. I've had this, this. That struggle. You outlined that brilliantly, perfectly well. You know, if you honor somebody for and they came up on business, then you can see where they're gonna continue to be business minded. And as somebody like myself, who still considers himself a pleb, not you know a millionaire through business, then I could come off as a hater. A hundred percent. Get that argument. I get it. To me, it's very simple. There's already enough fucking bullshit in this fucking world that's stealing from individuals every single fucking day. The odds are literally against the average man when they fucking wake up in the morning from, you know, from fiat all the way from healthcare. We talked about earlier from everything. Your fucking role as somebody who actually supposedly understands Bitcoin is to be able to empower people to do the shit that you and I spoke about earlier to find respects in, in themselves, to, to leverage, basically make themselves better over fucking time. It's not your job to use Bitcoin to fucking line your pockets that are already fucking lined. So to me, Duquan, Pomp, uh, Jay Will, I always call him the parabolic guy. I always forget his fucking name. I never read his fucking book, by the way. I just never fucking cared. And I heard the That's same so thing. so good, dude. You got to no, read no, it. No, no, I heard so the good, same dude. thing. I heard the same thing that you, that you just basically said, where, you know, he, he basically came up from nothing, blah, 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 all that. Fan-fucking-tastic. So if you do care about individuals, and maybe as a business owner, you shouldn't, stop getting people fucking rug pulled. Stop getting people to put up their fucking measly $300 fucking check Put up $300 to get into something that you guys have highlighted or you guys have endorsed or you guys have backed when you guys are fucking millionaires. So then a year, two, whenever the, the rug comes, 
You guys could fucking walk away and be in denial about it while this fucking person has to go face their wife or go face their fucking children and try to fucking explain to them that that piece of shit charlatan and the advice that he fucking gave basically ruined our next three, four fucking years. So I think Bitcoin brings out the fucking best in people. If those guys were going to continue to scam their fucking bullshit and stay in their lane, meaning, hey, we don't really talk about Bitcoin like that. We talk about ETH. We talk about all that. I fucking get it. But if they're going to fucking sit here and play both sides of the fence and come over to Bitcoin and try to like talk about it like if it's a fucking investment and then talk about sovereignty and all this fucking bullshit, they could go fuck themselves, honestly. And that's my God honest opinion. I could give two shits about how much money they got. I could give two shits about fucking burning tires for mining, even though it is sounds cool. If your fucking end game is just to line your pockets deeper and fucking deeper while people that are already suffering are going deeper and deeper down the suffering fucking hole. I do my show. I'm going to go on a limb and say you do your show to make sure that we help people. That's actually my little intro to give you the information that you need to succeed and proceed. Fam, I'm not going to fucking sell you some fucking snake oil Right. So that I can line my fucking pockets and then sit here in my podcast and say, no, 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 I'm not really doing that. I'm, 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 I'm arguing against it. No, you're a fucking liar. And I have virtues and they're not tied to the fiat spigot. Those guys are tied to the fiat spigot, no matter how much they want to <laughs> preach Bitcoin, preach whatever the fuck it is they preach. All they care about is the fiat fucking spigot. So am I a hater? Fantastic, man. I'm a fucking hater. That's cool. But I promise you that anybody who ever takes my advice on anything is always going to get my advice on the best intentions, on shit that I've tried myself or that I've experienced myself. They're never going to get charlatan Jose. I'm never going to put a bag in front of the listeners of the show or anybody that asks me for any fucking advice. Imagine in the example you gave me earlier when you started your podcast and you reached out for me on Anchor, I fucking came to you and said, well, you know what? I got this company called Spotlight Coalition, which I do. How about you give me X amount of fucking dollars and I teach you how to run Anchor? <laughs> That's some fucking nonsense. That's free information. You can go on YouTube and figure out how to run Anchor, right? But if I was one of these motherfuckers, I would have had you send me some fucking sets to help you get laced up with a podcast that I honestly believe that you had the power to do anyways. So like, that's why I stand with those fucking guys. Business is business. Maybe I'll never understand. But I also know you can get a lot of value, not only in life, but in your pockets by just being a good fucking person. That's it. You'll be rewarded not only in your soul, but you'll also make a lot of fucking money if you just stay fucking honest. And those dudes rather get to the money faster, so they're willing to swerve between honesty and dishonesty. And to me, they never get my fucking respect. I don't give a fuck. He could come out tomorrow and say that he fucking gonna hand me $100,000 in Bitcoin. And I'm honestly gonna be like, and no bullshit, LC. I know I'm gonna be 100,000, 100,000. I'm gonna be like, from you, keep that fucking shit. Because I know that 100000 comes with something else. I know it does because they're business guys. So why would you give away 100000 because you're a good guy? You wouldn't. There's some other shit that's coming with that $100,000. You know who else I know does that? The federal fucking government, right? So I'm good with those guys. That's just my stand. And I could be a hater. Fuck it. I'll be a fucking hater. That's just the way I feel about it, man. I'm with you. Just to be clear, fuck Jason Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except <laughs> just, to be, just to be clear from, <laughs> from my end. His book is his book is good. I mean, he I he wrote is. the book the way that I talk. So it looked like there's like three fucks per page. So yeah. I was like, yo, this is like a a New England book, you know? This is that, okay, I'll give you book. that. That's fine. I will <laughs> say though, if they're business in and out though, I have heard of, of authors that basically buy dudes to write their book. 
Oh, he probably bought somebody to write. All right. So see what I'm saying? You see this yeah, fucking listen, nonsense? I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, you shouldn't even have to, like, you know, all right, like, easy one just because I'm a big fan of it, right? Like, GG's 21 questions, right? Like, I never once was thinking, fam, he got somebody to write this shit. You see what I'm saying? Like, you should yeah. not think that stuff about people that are just, like, virtuously good people, right? Now, could I be wrong about Gigi? Maybe, right? But you don't get that vibe. But with this other dude, the first thing I thought when somebody was like, yo, you should check out his book, is like, eh, is it really his book, though? <laughs> and that's where I was like, all right. Like, if I have these feelings, that means that there's some, like, toxicity going around there or some lies that are going around there, I should say more clearly, that I, I need some clearing up on. And I've actually said it early on in one of these episodes, like, Fam, if Jason Williams wanted to come on and tell me on my own show that I'm a liar and want to prove himself, I'm sure the listeners would love that. But he wouldn't, fam. He wouldn't. That's the thing. Because there's yeah. no, there's nothing in it in his pockets for him to come on talking to Mitz and do that. So, like, hey, he's going to rub me off as, like, you're just a, a, a brokey, right? And I'm going to turn around and be like, you're just a bitch. <laughs> so, like, where, where, where do we land here? It doesn't matter, really, right? Right. So, uh, there's, I, I think it's important to to like uh, say that there's two kinds of scammers um, that I've experienced, and you have your scammer like uh, Pomp and Jason who are here for money, uh, and you have your scammer that is strictly here for the clout and the reputation, and they want followers and they live off of that dopamine hit yeah it's uh, different currency you know laser huddle is the biggest fucking dopamine junkie I, oh, I, I thought bet. that was your boy no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his new shit is like it, it's either the best troll I've ever seen in my life or he's just completely gone off the deep where the fuck his... did he go I thought he bounced I haven't seen him in a minute oh no he's he's oh, rebranded <laughs> all right we yeah we got like 10 minutes but like let's, let's, do let's go through it. Right. Uh, so yeah he <laughs> It came out that when he was on Twitter as Laser Hoddle, uh, he also had several sock accounts, which he would use to like, like, retweet, and comment on Laser Hoddle's posts. Gotcha. Um, so he had this one account called Monetary Frame. Um, and when, you know, he like quit Twitter and made this big dramatic thing about it. Uh, came back as monetary frame, had like a different profile picture for like a week and a half before he just changed it back to laser huddles fucking picture. So like the whole I'm quitting because like, oh, like I need to start back from zero. I have too many followers. It was such it was just it was all attention. Oh, boy. But as I said before, like some of the people that have been here a long time that are shit posters, like. Yo, way worse than the FBI, they like. <laughs> they all up in your ass on everything you've done. So they go digging back and come to find out like May of last year, he was commenting on his own posts as like, oh my God, that's amazing. Where does laser come up with this stuff? Like literally <laughs> typing that to himself. That's fucking wild, bro. Uh, so yeah. And he like, so now he's on this new kick uh, where he's uh, post hashtag masculine frame and dude i actually have some of the screenshots let me yeah that's let me just read you one please do damn so so you get like a taste of like just how 
like cringe. So what's has... he going on as now? Not that it matters, but what what is he? What's his uh his tag now? Monetary frame. Gotcha. I think I've seen that here and there. Okay. So this was this was one of his posts from the other day. Yeah. Uh, I'm a one issue voter. If Hillary was all in on Bitcoin and could demonstrate her portfolio, I would vote for her as president. Commies that adopt Bitcoin are rug pulling themselves. Okay. What a cut. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. oh God. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll cook for whatever Yeah. Uh you know, whatever politician says the right things because that's what matters to me. His number go up. That's what I hear. Yeah, I heard the same thing. Okay. Oh, you got another one? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Yeah, come on, Mark. <laughs> There's comical shit. Hey, listeners, you're getting some comedy here. Let's go. <laughs> oh God. It's yeah, it's, it is nauseating, but go ahead. Hit me with one more. Give me one second. Yeah. And my, then ca- I, my camera roll, as you can imagine, is... Uh, it's flooded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you, you know, when you meme life. So when you're going to start shooting at him, though, man? I mean, why, you got, why are these living in the camera roll, man? You got to oh, put them out there. I'm blocked. Oh, hey, I'll help you, man. He could block me then. Let me three, know. Of my account, three of my accounts are blocked. Nah, let me know. I'll help you. I'll shoot at him, bro. We'll partner up. We'll tag team. <laughs> Where the fuck is it? Yeah, I have it, and it's so fucking bad. Way that worse funny. than that. Fuck. Uh, it's not there. Why you look for that? Uh, Patar, just to answer the second half of your question, do I think this is bad for Fountain? I don't know, uh, because I think Fountain specifically, as long as I can go and listen to whatever the fuck I want on Fountain, uh, it works just as every other podcast app. I don't care if Pomp is invested in Fountain. To be honest with you, I think Marty's invested in Fountain as well. Uh, that doesn't change it. As long as they're not shoving any shit coins uh, and, and like making like a shit coin wallet in the app, as long as I could go and listen to any podcasting app that I want, and as long as they keep innovating, meaning that like you can earn now just for listening, uh, I think that's pushing podcasting forward. And Patar, I actually think you you dropped that comment from a different podcasting app. So you should know more than most people that this podcasting thing, as long as it stays open, which is what Podcast Index 2.0 is doing for us, uh, for us creators is allowing us to stay open and be uncensorable. I don't think it matters if Pomp is an investor in Fountain or not. We'll just see what the decisions from Fountain are uh, going forward. And if they seem to be shit cornery or they seem to be you know, geared towards one thing, uh, then we can just go to a different app. That's what the free market does. And that's what the free market allows us to do I'm not worried about Fountain right now. I know Oscar, uh, not personally, but I've talked to Oscar, the creator, a bunch of times. Uh, that's a guy that understands the mission. And uh, yeah, to answer the second part of your question, fuck Pomp still. Uh, I don't care if he's an investor in Fountain. And if Fountain were to go down the Pomp road, then we just go somewhere else. Very easy. Go ahead, LC. <laughs> so there was one uh, where he posted something about like not let not like shitting with the door open in your house because it takes away the mystery for a woman. Uh, never <laughs> go to the bathroom in front of a woman. Uh, yeah, some ridiculous shit. He got trolled the fuck out for that. Yeah, uh, but this is the one I just found the other one that I saved and it's it's oh God, it's even worse. <laughs> uh, it says a tan cock equals a proud cock. A proud cock equals a hard cock. A hard cock equals a proud wife. A proud wife equals an equal an eager fellowship. Eager eager, <laughs> <laughs> eager fellowship equals masculine leadership. 
Masculine leadership equals a content household. Make her proud. Tan your cock. Masculine frame. That's probably the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, like the fact that he sat there and actually thought about that. He, he thought he was a philosopher with that one. Oh, oh, dude, it's... What a fucking idiot. It's that... Dude, I, my, one of my favorite shit to call out. Yeah. Uh, is there is nothing better than a, a timeline full of single dudes telling a bunch of married dudes how to get chicks. This is this is what you got to. This is how you're an alpha. Like, bro, I'm married with three kids. Where? Like, when was the last time you got laid? You know, what yeah, I mean? like you're yeah. out trying to like talk your way into some pussy, and I'm trying to like get eight hours of sleep because, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I run my household. Like Not, that that shit is hysterical to me. It is. It is, man. They're just trying to like practice their their lines for when they talk to these chicks at the bar that are probably just gonna turn them down. So. They go on Twitter and tell married men how they would talk to these girls. Is <laughs> the best thing I can think of. If not, then they're just fucking idiots. Uh, I, I'm with you, man. I got four kids, and I'm not paying fucking attention to any of these fucking guys. My wife <laughs> gets gonna... her. My wife gets her <laughs> cock regardless if it's tan, not tan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, tan. You're not gonna punch you, Yeah, she's got in there plenty of times. She got kids. She's she's good. She she's happy. Uh, so, uh, masculine frame or whatever fuck your name is. Uh. That's some fucking stupid shit to write. <laughs> it's just funny to me. Like, and those are the dudes that like dudes and dudes like him. Um, yeah. It's and just like they out there. Bro, you're, you're, you're telling me like this is what a, this is what a man does and how a man composes himself. Like, <laughs> motherfucker, you, you like all of the things you're talking about, you don't do. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, th- oh, this is how you need to. You know, oh, uh, uh, my dude, I went into spaces actually with uh, Hoddle Tarantula maybe yep. a year Shout ago. Yep. We like went into this space and there was like all these dudes talking about like a woman's place is in the kitchen and she doesn't <laughs> want to decide what she wants to eat. She wants to be told what she's what she's going to eat. You know, like, bro, none of you like none of you have a long term relationship. Nope. None of you have any concept of what a woman wants. Right. Like none. Like fucking zero. It is very, it is possible. And I, I posted this before, right? Like it's possible to be the alpha. It's possible to be a gentleman and it's possible to treat your wife with respect all at the same time. 1, and one could argue that the first two are reliant on the third. Yeah. Yeah. That's a holy trinity right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the way I was raised. Right. right? Like my, my biological father was very close to the old country. Right. Like like bloodline wise. So obviously, like as you go further back in generations, like when they came from the island, like that it was a different. It was a different time and that's just the way it was. Right. But like my my stepfather that really like t- taught me how to be a man. um. He was older and and he like, he had this way of teaching me that like, it's possible. And and there's like this, this misperception out there that it's not possible to like treat a woman good, uh, be respectful of her and her input. If you're in a long-term relationship, right? Like if you're married uh, and still like, have this quote unquote 
be an alpha. Yeah. Um, the way I was brought up is the alpha, the man of the house, uh, carries the, the majority of the burden for the house, right? He doesn't take that burden out on the other people in the house, right? His job is to shoulder that burden, right? It's my job to worry about the big things. Yep. Right. I, as the leader of the house, provide a sense of security for my wife and for my kids so that my wife can raise my kids. Right. When I, while I'm at work, my wife can raise my kids and do the things that a mother does with her children. Right. But the, the man's job is to be a good figure for the children to look up to. Right. And should make his wife feel safe and secure. That's physically, financially. And that's not saying, you know, I, I don't say that out of like the position that some of those dudes come from, right? Like my wife works, my wife works from home. She's a, a marketing director for a car group that has a bunch of dealerships. Like she has a, a very important job, right? Yeah. Big brain shit that I couldn't do. She does marketing shit. I have no brain for it. It, it bothers me when a lot of these people come from a place of like, Oh, well, women are these inferior, this inferior species that like, you know, they need men to like tell them what to do. Like you're a fucking moron. If that's what you believe, like you're yeah. a moron. I'm sorry. Like uh, you're a fucking idiot. That's like, that's not reality. You know, for the sake of sounding controversial, I, I think a lot of that shit honestly comes from just Bibles, just from like the old, you know, way, the old language, and once again, controversial maybe, but not I every my experience in, in the Christian church, I don't know about any other uh, faith, is usually that. It's the woman ain't shit. You know, you kinda sit over there and you have your corner. The man is dominant. She's supposed to be cooking and she's supposed to be doing all that. And I don't want to speak across the board, but in every, you know, every interaction I've had with the Christian church growing up, that's exactly how I was. And my wife had that same upbringing, right? Christian uh, background. And she we we have this conversation all the time. A lot of that language and a lot of that, like, you stay in your place shit comes from the church, 1,000%. I just don't. I, I, everything. How do I say this? I'm not a person that hears somebody else's belief system and takes it on as my own. My belief system sure. is formed from the experiences that I've had in my life. Yeah, likewise. Um, my experiences in life have showed me that I remember the way that my biological father treated my mother, right? He was very old school. He was, you know, he drank a lot. He was a very, he's still is just a very angry dude all the time. Yeah. Right. And I'm not going to dive into like whatever psychological shit may be behind the way that he, why he is the way he is, but that's just the way he is. Yeah. My stepfather growing up treated my mother like a queen. Right. Um, but there's this misconception that like when, while treating a woman like a queen, you have to like, for a lack of a better word, like you have to cuck to that woman. Like, yeah. Bah. And that's not reality. No, it's not. You know what I mean? Like the reality is I treat my wife like my queen. Right. But at the end of the day, like I am, I am when it comes to my house, like, <laughs> Yeah, 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 as God would say, I am like I am. 
I am the first, the last, the executioner, the judge, the jury, <laughs> all of it. Yeah. So like, but at the same time, like I have this healthy respect for my wife and what she does. And, you know, she raises my kids and she homeschools my kids and she works her job. And, you know, she was a city girl growing up and I'm a country, you know, I grew up as a country boy. I spent some time in the city when I got older and got into a whole hell of a lot of trouble because oh, yeah. yeah, but, uh, so as I do things around here, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like teaching her how to do what I do around here. And she's learning at the same time that I'm teaching the kids. Um, and, and I love that. Yeah. Right. Like I love that an old head, right. Told me I grew up around, uh, like bikers. Right. Uh, that was like, my family, my extended family, uh, like outlaw bikers was like in the blood. Right. So, um, it was, what the fuck was I going with? Oh, an old head told me that like, you know, one, when I was going to get married to my wife, right. I was having a conversation with this dude that I have a lot of respect for. And, uh, he's much older. He's like in his sixties. And, um, he, he told me, when I told him that I thought I wanted to propose to my wife, he said, uh, check it out, right? There's a day is going to come when your dick doesn't work anymore. <laughs> and a day is going to come when her shit dries up. Word. Right. Um, and you're not going to be able to like wake up in the morning and go out the door and disappear for eight hours a day. Can you stand to be around her? Eight. 10, 12 hours a day and like have conversations with her when it's no longer about how good she looks in those jeans and I can't wait to smash. <laughs> and like, is it, do you guys connect on a level where you can have a conversation? Because that day is inevitable if you're going to get married. The day is inevitable where the kids are gone, right? The kids have moved out. It's just you and her again. The crazy bustle of like the young family life is over. Can you sit down and like enjoy spending time with this person? And the way all these other guys talk about like, ha like setting up what a relationship dynamic should look like with a woman, all I can see is when that day comes, it's going to be like living with a house servant that like walks on eggshells around you. I don't yeah, want and that. And that's trash. Yeah. I don't want that. Like I want, I'm, it's cheesy and it's cliche and shit, but like I'm, I'm married to my best friend. Like I love my wife as a person. Like she's, she's the greatest fucking person ever. Like that's the same thing I was thinking in my head. Like it just, the true definition of a best friend is, is a wife a thousand percent. Uh, and I agree with that, man. That's how, that's the relationship I got with my wife as well. Um, without all the dry pussy and all that stuff. <laughs> that's all, that's all logical and it's true, but like, yeah, I just, I, I rock with my best friend. She rather that she, you know, similar to the stuff you were saying, takes care of my kids, make, you know, allows me to handle business and make sure things are good. And, um, yeah, man. I, I, yeah. Those dudes don't know shit about marriage, fam. They don't know anything about anything, bro. And the same thing. So the same dude, uh, one more, a little analogy yeah. that he gave me. Um, I remember being like, uh, like when I first had, you know, I had my first kid in my early twenties, but that was different. Yeah. Same here. But like I got married and we settled down and like, we had my first son, my middle child. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, Oh, like we know smash. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> was good. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, I remember him sitting down with me, and this was this was how he described it to me. Um, and this may make sense for people who like, I don't know. Do you do you like cars? Uh, not really. I, all right, all right. So it might not horn. make sense to you, but <laughs> oh god, no. Uh, so, <laughs> um, he explained it to me like this: If I gave you a Corvette, yeah, and you drove it every single day as your daily driver, right? For the first six months, maybe. You'd be like, yo, this thing's dope. This is my car. Look at how nice my car is, right? But about a year later, you're going to have coffee cups on the passenger side floor. You're going to like throw a wrapper on the passenger side floor, right? Now, if you take that same Corvette that I gave you and you're not even allowed to look at it, you can only drive it on Sundays. You're going to treat it like the greatest fucking thing in the world. And you're going to drive it so gently. And you're going to take such great care of it. And you're never going to have coffee cups on the floor. And you're never going to get tired of driving it. That was how he explained marriage and sex after your first kid to be. He was like, <laughs> check it out. She's not stupid, right? Yeah. She, she knows, right? And you got to keep it kind of, keep it fresh. So it's, That's a wise OG right there. Yeah. It's and that's the the same thing. That's a, a a trend that I've seen across a lot of things, right? When it comes to like marriage, and I was new to marriage, and I didn't know like what I was. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I knew that I said I do, and I had a basic concept, but it took talking to people who had been there before me and had more experience than me, and like had success that I could see, right? Like this evidence to me that they had something that I wanted. Right. I used to have a mentor that used to tell me, like, find people, meet people in your life, find people that have something you want and surround yourself with those people and find out how they got those things that you want. Yeah. Right. I've heard, I've heard that before, too. Yeah. So it's the same idea. Like when I got into marriage and I found this dude that had this marriage that I wanted and I listened to him and I, I picked his brain about how he got what he had. It's the same thing as Bitcoin. Right. I see these these OGs that have been around for a cycle, two cycle, three cycles, and they didn't get wrecked and they didn't, you know, they didn't fucking, they don't have half a coin after being here for 10 years, right? Like they figured some shit out and they did it right. Like they have something that I want. So I go to those people and I ask those people, like, how did you get what you, how did you get what you have? Because I want what you have. And then I follow those same steps. Yeah, man, straight to the source. And those people are really uh, forthgiving with the information too and knowledge. Like they actually want to pass that down. So yeah, yeah. Don't shit coin. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, not, <laughs> it sounds simple, but it's really not that simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's it's a lot of temptation. It's like uh, having the stripper with the with the nice ass shaking it in front of your face, but ultimately that stripper's gonna get you some fucking gonorrhea or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. But yeah, no, it's it's easy, but it's not easy. It's one of those things. Um, but yeah, no, LC, we we gonna finish it off here. It's a fantastic conversation, man. I didn't I didn't think otherwise though when we when we were gonna jump on, dude. So yeah, uh, I'm glad you asked me, man. It's been a- nah, yeah, and I'm sure this won't be the last, man. Uh, I am gonna be making my move down south, but I still think you know we we should try to link up now that I'm still here close in Mass. But yeah, um, bro, we should absolutely, definitely, brother. Uh, there's so many things that I wanted to ask you that I didn't get to ask you, but either way, LC, we'll save that for the next rip. 
Uh, let the listeners know where they can follow the pod, where they can listen to the pod, where they can follow you, and anywhere else you want to send them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm on uh, every podcast uh, app that is available. Um, we do. We are very similar to your show, and we don't have any sponsors. Um, I basically don't like people telling me what I can and can't say, so. <laughs> <laughs> I say what I want. And, uh, you know, we, we mostly use breeze app, uh, for streaming, uh, for people streaming us sats. Um, yeah, I mean, we're on Twitter at, I think it's at the BC pleb. Uh, the name of the podcast is the blue collar Plebcast. Um, I host it. I talk to people, Bitcoin fuckboys, my <laughs> editing video, audio in chief, whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah. So you can catch me on Twitter at that. Follow the podcast. Uh, if you want, if any of that homestead and shit interests you, uh, hit me up on Twitter. My DMS are open uh, and I'll send you a link to join that group. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, listeners, I got to get more active in that group by the way, but, uh, listeners definitely listen to uh, follow LC and all the different places. Check out the podcast. Fantastic podcast. Just like LC said, no fucks giving real straight signal. No bullshit noise. Uh, stream him some sets. Show him some show him some love. All the value that he's given out. All the value that he's given us here. Uh, I am going to plug in LC for 5% splits on this show. So if you do like anything that we've talked about here, make sure you stream the show some sets so LC can get some of that love. Uh, and check us out on all your favorite podcasting 2.0 apps. I happen to like Fountain. Breeze is a really good one, but there's a ton of them out there. Check us out. Show us some love. If you want to check out this 4K content, Bitcoin TV is the best place to see all the episodes archived there and logged. Uh, and if you're not on the Bitcoin standard yet, fair enough. You can go check us out on the legacy stuff like YouTube, Apple, all that good stuff. Just leave a review, rate, share, subscribe. That's how you help those shitty algorithms, but it does help. Uh, and we can get this knowledge out to everybody else. LC, once again, brother, I appreciate you for coming on. Jose, bro, always a good time. I got to have you on the podcast again for Rip Number 2. We're almost, I think we're a little over a year now since the last time you came on, so... Oh, let's fucking do it, man. It'll be an honor. Uh, but appreciate you, brother. That wraps up episode 72. Appreciate all the listeners. All of y'all giving boost. Keep giving the boost because we'll read them out on the show just like we did here today. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Later. <laughs> <laughs>